2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
3: hello everybody and welcome to ramble reacts david boys was dancing <laughs> wasn't he it's thursday 8th of june i'm marcus Speller. i'm andy brassell and i'm jim campbell Welcome, one and all, to the West Ham United podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, they bloody did
4: it. They did. bloody did it. They did it for
3: England, Jim. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it really felt like they weren't going to do it for a moment, there, didn't it? Oh, tell you but what, no, I, it pulled it I, out. I uh,
3: Andy, have you ever seen anything as wide as David Moyes' smile?
0: <laughs> I don't think I have, and uh, you could who, drive a bus between the, those who lips. Who would begrudge him because yeah. it has been a difficult season and then some. It looked like after that interview um, afterwards with Jules and Joe Cole that he just wanted to have a little nap on the pitch. He yeah. <laughs> you know, clearly been through it all. It was strong. Well, imagine how his eighty-seven-year-old dad felt in the stands. Andy. oh, he, he looked full of vim and vigor. Whereas with uh, Moyes Junior, it did look a little bit like, you know, last 90 seconds of Bagpuss kind of business.
3: Yeah. Do you know what? Like that that celebration of him running onto the pitch, That that's one of the best celebrations I've ever seen oh, in football. That's great. Again, that's up there
4: Pleitesque. with...
3: <laughs> for some, Andy, for some. Uh, relevant, of course. Luton Town, was it? That uh, celebration you're yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. Um, it's up there with uh, Tardelli in 82. <laughs> Josie Mourinho, New Camp, two thousand and ten. Yeah. It's up there.
4: Steve Bruce on
3: FIFA. It is. <laughs> it, was, it
2: was.
3: It was similar pace, Jim. to yeah. that. that Steve Bruce one on FIFA. Uh, it was that. Do you know what though? I have to say, and I messaged you boys at the time. I thought it was going to be given offside. I thought if that's given offside, I'm never watching football ever again because Moyes. It, it, we just we've said this, but we want to see him happy. We knew yeah. it, we knew it was possible. But I didn't realise his, his smile was going to be that beaming and wide. It was, it was absolutely glorious. It was astronauts who saw that, but um, <laughs>
4: but if that had been wiped off with a VAR call, I just. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't. I, you know what? It I think you were, wasn't. You were primed to be worried about that because it didn't didn't strike me as if it was going to be a problem at the time. Really? I thought it was offside. I thought it's done. Is it? Oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah. And, and then you, you see right. quite
0: clearly, don't you, that Biragi's playing him on, and, and, on,
4: on the replay. Yeah. I, I just think Fiorentina will still not really understand how they lost that game. Yeah. I I was really worried for West Ham in the first half because obviously they had so little possession. But then when it gets into the second half and Fiorentina aren't really doing anything with it, you mm -hmm. think, all right, if they just, you know, if they keep it calm and they they play their game well, then they've got a chance here. Then obviously, you know, they concede straight away after their penalty with Mm -hmm. a brilliant goal. You worry again. But no, I was stupid to worry. Well, that's it. I, th- I think you were very stupid, Jim, and um, I, you know. I've, and I think the whole of
3: East London accepts your apology. But mm. I think, yeah, it, it, with these finals, when you when you're a neutral and you watch them, in, as I say, I'm quite old fashioned. I want the, you know, I always want the the English or, or to extrapolate that the British side to win. Um, it, it just it's usually glorious failure. I think of Rangers last year. There's, there's there's other examples as well. Uh, but they did it and and but what you're referencing Jim to back that up um, with the stats is Fiorentina had 68% possession they had 17 shots to, to West Ham's 8 both had 4 shots on target I'm going to bore everybody with this but you look at the passing stat I mean there's just so much more mm. um, and and we thought the dynamic would be that Andy as it set in fairly early mm. uh, were you concerned for West Ham early
0: on in the game? Uh, not massively as long as they kept their nerve I mm. I, I felt that you know, I, I don't want to go over this all again, but West Ham should be winning the Conference League. Why with, is that, Andy? With, with, the, with the teams in it. <laughs> you know why. You know why, because... Go on, say the B word. You know, I don't need to. Fiorentina <laughs> couldn't afford a Pacatar, and he made the difference, really, right, in, okay. in, in the last part of the game. And they couldn't afford a Jared Bowen, And yeah. really, that makes the difference. I, I think, as you pointed out, the fact that... West Ham had less than half as half the amount of shots that Fiorentina had, but Ariola never felt busy, no. and um, they got as many efforts on target. I, I think that really mm-hmm. that really says it all. I mean, I think Moyes was quite candid about it afterwards. He said, "You know, we we didn't really play particularly well, but finals are for winning," and I, well, I, I don't I don't uh, yeah. think I could agree more with that. Yeah, I mean,
3: yeah, but as Jim, as you were saying, you know, West Ham when they were pegged back, there was a chance for Fiorentina. I forget who it was, and he put it wide. And yeah, you, thought, you know, yeah, yeah, a huge, huge let off. But you're right though with what Moy said. I mean, it's it, they're there for winning, and of course, it's their first trophy for 43 years, first European trophy for 58 years. And Fiorentina themselves, you know, they lost the final of the Coppa Italia this season. They haven't won a trophy for what is it since 2001? I think with uh, with the, with the Copper Italia, and they—they they Roberto the so Mancini inaugur- was in charge. Yeah, yeah, they won the inaugural Cup Winners' Cup against Rangers. Wow. If my historical mind is working correctly, there. Um, but it was just—I I want to go back to those scenes again because David Moyes dancing on the pitch is what he <laughs> promised, and I thought to myself, "Right, David, you—you've got to stop at some point." It was just as well Jules grabbed him for the interview after, because <laughs> yeah. you know, I think he would have just been bouncing away.
4: Or maybe we would want to have seen more. <laughs> more about dancing. I think Jules has robbed us of that, actually. You... I think we've got enough footage to replay over the yes. years. I think yes. we do. Other than the Community Shield, it is his only first major trophy as it's a manager. Good. It's beautiful, isn't it? And it also it also um, puts them in the Europa League next season. Which is crack at is, it. I think he, absolutely. He's got a bit of experience <laughs> at it now. He's becoming a very, very experienced European campaigner at a time when none of us really saw that coming. So um, that's... that's a, brilliant thing as well it's not only do they get the win of today they get another campaign they really weren't expecting based on how the season's gone completely changes their summer plans it's fantastic
0: well I think Kevin Nolan pointed out that's three European campaigns in a row and if you think out think back to when they left Upton Park and when they moved into the then Olympic, now London Stadium, mm-hmm. the whole club was under a cloud because yeah. a, a lot of fans are really unhappy about leaving Upton Park in the first place. They're really unhappy about leaving Upton Park for a stadium that clearly wasn't uh, a football ground. And you know, it's it's, it's a, a great sense of loss because they, you know, they they knew that that's something they could they could never have back. And the whole point was that they they were they were sold it by sullivan and gold as you know th- this is this is west ham going to the next level and this is west ham getting into european competition on a regular basis and all that and what one of the first games at the the the, the new stadium they get beaten at home or they, they get knocked out sorry by um astra mm-hmm. finished like fourth in romania mm-hmm. and at that point you're like thinking that, that 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 really puts west ham and it puts the owners on the back foot and it puts mm-hmm. the supporters in this really sort of glum place that, that they yeah. struggled to get out of which became quite an angry place yeah. so what they've done over the last two and a bit seasons has has been pretty incredible actually and, mm-hmm. and Moyes has been a huge part of that I mean I can't help thinking it, it might still be time to get rid of him actually because, well yeah I, 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 I mean it's, it's been a really poor league campaign when they had a much better squad mm-hmm. on paper than they did last year um I mean, I, I think in, in reality that, that that probably gets put to bed with the euphoria of, of of this. But I think they need to be at least thinking about it. Would you, but, but if you were Moyes, Andy, would, would you think about
3: walking away? Because no,
0: if he, he he he's a stubborn you, bloke. He's not going to walk away. Well,
3: I suppose when I say walk away, I mean ride right off into the sunset. Does oh that yeah, I know. What a bit you mean. more appealing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, send it, it, to, him. Send best. it to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would be the Champions League? <sighs> um, no, I, I mean, I, well, when he was asked on um, BT Sport. What about next season and all the rest of it? There was a slight hesitation. I think maybe he thinks, well, yeah, if if, if they'll have me on, or, or maybe yeah. if, if if he'll stay. But Jim, it's funny how football works because it wasn't that long ago on this very podcast, um, the football ramble, where we were saying, you know, should they should they twist? Essentially, West Ham. You know, now's the time to do it. Perhaps if they're going to do it, they stuck with him. They um they they did turn it on. Relatively speaking, so they got out of safety pretty quickly, and suddenly Declan Rice, the captain of the club,
4: <laughs> says on television, "He's the greatest West Ham manager of all time." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, do you, is there a chance that someone's had a word in his ear at full time say, "All right, this is the end of the road, David. Go, go on there, have your dance with your dad, and enjoy it." <laughs> I don't think he was a little coy, wasn't he? He was. was he was slightly coy. Um Yeah, yeah I, 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 I think. You know the euphoria of this is going to be a really powerful thing, though, isn't mm. it? Um, so I think it'd be very, very sad if there was a parting of ways. Um, I don't know if West Ham fans would agree with me or not. They, there is this is perhaps a stay of execution uh, mm. of, a, of, a, of a manager who's taken them as far as they can go. But it's you know it's he's a he's a seasoned campaigner, and Moyes has always been like this as a manager, hasn't He he, he can be quite up and down when he was with Everton. Yeah. They would have a good season, then a bad season, then mm-hmm. they'd have a good season again. So it's so. Know, what's this then? Well, this is um, this is a, a kind of a bad season with a, with an incredible high point and a sort of uh, not get out of jail free card. It's a, a get into the theme park free card. <laughs> That's what it feels
1: like.
4: <laughs> they've, they've had a really bad day, and then they've happened along a year like free pass to Walton's Towers. <laughs> right at the end of the day. It's like you know what this this day is now a net positive yeah okay well that i think i think that's fair um
3: there was some uh some you know, great scenes of celebration obviously after before the game in the build up to the match. A West Ham fan spotted Mark Noble on a run through Prague and decided to
4: join him for a part of the run with a beer in hand. King it's Lord. that proper oi, oi, yeah. you know, kind of stuff I imagine that the locals of you know the residents of Prague who aren't um football fans will think, Oh, this this is the this is the biggest stag we've ever had here. Yeah. <laughs> <What's laughs> Gigantic so many this man must be so popular. Oh dear. The amount of money people spent to get there. I mean Yeah. I'm, crazy, I'm glad crazy they money to, course, but uh, Yeah, I'm glad the, they wanted too, because that is, uh, is a huge amount of money we're, we're seeing sort of banded around for, for people to get out there and get tickets, but everyone there looks like they are having the time of their lives. Yeah, exactly. Um, we have to say, though, that uh, not all the West
3: Ham fans cover themselves in glory. Um, some absolute dickhead uh, threw uh, a, a, a cup at the Fiorentina captain, and like, after the scenes at, um, at the end of the game in AZ, you know, West Ham fans, obviously they were the friends and families, of of the, the players but you know the whole club uh, feels that you know you're on the end of of some you know pretty horrible stuff mm. yeah. you think to yourself like uh, of all fan bases i know people you know there's a stereotype of west ham fans and so on and so forth and blah blah blah, blah, blah. but it's like why are you behaving like that it's very you silly know? It's such a stupid, idiotic thing to do. And to be honest with you, there'd have been a lot of neutrals watching that who would have suddenly thought, "Saw it? I want Fiorentina to win." No, no, that's a very, very sort of neither here nor
0: there point. But it I was- don't think it is. I think it's. I think it's an important point, Marcus, okay. because. Um- one person well not just one person the the one person threw the cup that hit him lots of other people threw cups as well and it was Mm. going on Mm. a a previous set pieces as as well and I think it does matter for the image of of West Ham and for Mm. for English football as well And English football does have a certain reputation um, continentally there's no getting away from that also um, it will be costly because I suspect that West Ham will end up either their fans not being able to go to an away game or two in the Europa League next season or they'll mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. a game or two at home behind closed doors so it's going to spoil it for a, a lot of people it could be that well, bad they, they, they're going to get the book thrown at them for it and they, and they should do because I, I know it's I know you can say it's only one person but you know for it's, it's, it's got to be shown that it's unacceptable I mean I've, I've seen games abandoned on the continent for less than mm. that mm-hmm. um, so I suspect there were a few hearts in mouths at various moments. I mean, well, I, clearly I, clearly, I, I Declan that, Rice was a, a bit rattled. You saw him go yeah. to the referee and he, he felt he had to say something. He felt he had to do something. Yeah. All, all the players were trying to take the heat out of it. We saw Naya Fergea going up to the fans, didn't we? And say, mm-hmm. can we knock it on the head? Well, I mean,
3: yeah, no pun intended, Andy. But um, I think that uh, if you're a supporter of a club and you've done something, and one of your players is having to tell you to stop doing that thing then you've just got to reassess yeah. immediately yeah.
4: especially if one of those players is Kurt Zuma <laughs> 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 oh dearie me
3: Let's get into some of the details of, of the match. Uh, let's go, might as well go straight to the penalty decision. For me, I, I knew it was going to be given as soon as I saw that Same. replay. I was surprised it, it took that long. Um, Robbie Savage was, was absolutely adamant. By the way, was Robbie Savage... Hmm,
4: choose my words correctly. Um, had he had a drink, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> he sounded... I, I believe that Robbie Savage is teetotal. He is, So yeah. I think he might genuinely just have been drunk on West Ham. Because yeah. he, he, I mean... He's a fairly excitable man at the best of times, but even yeah. this, was something else, wasn't it? I had to keep like like checking in my <laughs> my my mental sort of file of facts. Like, did did Robbie Savage play for West Ham? He was he <laughs> no, so, not... so invested in them, and for, yeah. fair enough. Um, yeah. but yeah, he was uh, he was he was a lot. He was a I lot, even... even in the context of Robbie Savage. I actually quite enjoyed Robbie Savage. Um, during on, on on comms and what I loved is when West Ham
3: scored and I was thinking was it offside, Savage was celebrating and then there was, you know, about I don't know, eight minutes of injury time, which felt like about fifteen. Yeah. And he was just celebrating, ah, it doesn't matter, they've done it, they've done it.
4: Yes. Yeah. It's the most confident. But going back to the penalty though, um, Jim, did you think it was one? I did. Um and I think it's actually once you see the certain angle it's a fairly obvious one. Um because um essentially you know when the when the ball hits the player's hand he he gains an advantage from that um yeah. so it, i think we just get tied up in the rules and and the change to the rules so often now that i think you uh, unless a player sort of slaps the ball out of the air deliberately mm-hmm. um you get people going it's a ridiculous decision if it's given and then you get people going it's a ridiculous decision if it's not given and i think people have almost forgotten how to just objectively assess what what a handball is and i thought mm-hmm. that one was was actually Again, once you saw that angle where it sh- it showed the advantage that um, the Fiorentina yeah. player gained, that it, it's a fairly straightforward one that um, makes sense within you know as a rule and and uh, within the rule that you can't use your hands in the game. Yeah, I, and obviously
3: we mentioned the the Fiorentina equalising straight away. I did fear for West Ham, and I thought, you know, are they going to tire and, and and so on. Did you see that moment of quality coming, uh, Jim, with a lovely through ball from Paquita? I mean, he'd been threatening that, to be fair. Yeah, he and did Bowen one thought. Thank you very much.
4: Yeah, he, he put a ball, a similar ball through earlier in the game, didn't he? But uh, Antonio had just gone a little bit early and was offside. So, as you say, he mm. quite literally threatened it. And I, I, I can't say I did see it coming. Um, I thought, you know, that offside might have been the one moment. But that's what I think what the most impressive thing about this victory is, is that West Ham didn't will in that mm-hmm um in that period after Fiorentina had scored, they could have really piled in there because they yeah. held them at bay for a lot of the game. Um Fiorentina had had struggled to actually do anything meaningful with their possession. But West Ham just stood up. They were patient mm. um and they, they you know, I, I think collectively they knew they were good enough to create a decent chance. They were patient with it and and along it came. And then there was about like you say, about fifteen inexplicable minutes of, of uh, added time <laughs> as well that they seemed completely unfazed by.
3: Yeah. Um, Jared Bowen got player of the match, Andy. Not too surprising because he was he was the match winner. Do you yes. think maybe um, Lucas Paketar or Declan Rice might feel slightly aggrieved by that? I mean, they won't feel aggrieved clearly, but you get the sentiment.
0: No, no I, I, I think it's fair that, that Bowen gets it. I think the thing, if anything, would have clinched it for Bowen. It's the fact that after he scores that goal, Mm-hmm. he pops up at right back and makes a brilliant interception to shut mm-hmm. things down I mean, it was not a game of extraordinary quality and it was not a game where West Ham played their best so I think um, to someone one moment will win it yeah I, th- moment, I th- yeah I think I think that's fair enough I, mean, I I didn't think it was I didn't think it was Declan Rice's best game mm-hmm. um, Pakatar had those few minutes of quality towards the end which is as we said what he's there for mm-hmm. having said that we also saw a few moments where when he's got the ball near his own goal he's an absolute liability and <laughs> it underlines the fact that presumably when rice does go this summer they need to replace him with someone really good because i think in pakita's head he's like well i'm not just a flare player i can tackle as well it's like, that's true, but don't take half an hour on the ball like near your own goal. <laughs> Please don't do that because <laughs> you will get swarmed by a pressing team. And that's exactly what happened on a couple of occasions yeah. when when Fiorentina found it quite difficult to create stuff. So, look, obviously with them getting in the Europa League, I think it does make it easier to attract those Reinforcements. Look, they've been a little bit unlucky this season. I think the fact that Aguil missed like loads through injury um, was something mm-hmm. that put them on the back foot. He was someone who, when they brought him in, it was obvious he was going to be a massive upgrade at, at, at centre back. He was great. Um, I tell you what, if if I was them, I'd have a little punt at Amrabat. I thought I thought he was the best player on the pitch. To to be honest, um, mm-hmm. Barcelona would like him, but don't really have the money. Uh, Tottenham had a pot for him uh, last season and didn't quite go there. did that won't stop away. Barcelona. I know exactly. <laughs> they need yeah. they
3: need another reason not to go and get him. They'll just pull a lever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. Pull it really um, hard. <laughs> Jim, did you have a problem with Jared Bowen? Man of the match, Jared Bowen. Dismissing a West Ham fan as he was being interviewed by uh, BT Sport,
4: I did not because you know as well as I do that that fan was singing Bowen's on fire and he's shagging Danny Dyer, uh, which when you are Jared Bowen is is probably quite intrusive. Yeah, it was. It happened again, didn't it? I, I, I um, on BT Sport while while um, Jules and Joe Cole were talking to uh, to David Moyes, the, the West Ham fans were doing this big chorus of it, and there's this big wide panning shot um that the production team have, have, uh, have decided is is the, is the moment to reflect on what this means to the fans and yet they're singing that song and it was just one of those really really brilliant stupid football moments yeah
0: it's it's, it's I, true but having having said that um it is true it indeed. cut out them playing cotton eye joe which I couldn't really figure out at all i was i, mean, I was wondering like, about that there has like, to be a reason the it's reason the greatest we're unaware moment of. of Moy's career and it gets cotton eye joe and then that i mean <sighs> Maybe he requested it. Come on, DJ, it. give him a break.
4: Maybe he requested it, Andy. Uh, Maybe it was a way, dig at Fiorentina. Yeah, poss- possibly. Because West Ham were the Cotton Eye Joe taking uh, away their fiancé. <laughs>
3: yes, I forgot there was a meaning behind that song. Mm. Um, it has to, yeah, I'm sure there's another reason that we're missing and <laughs> we'll be t- tweeted about it. Um, Jared Bowen, the first... Englishman to score a winning goal in a major European final since Alan Smith for Arsenal wow. in the 1994 Cup Winners' Cup final against yes. Parma. How about that Great first stat. stat? It was just nice to hear Alan Smith get mentioned uh, yeah. as well. But it, and it was also very nice, Andy, for um, former Fulham uh, defender Bobby Moore to get so many mentions as well. Apparently <laughs> 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 Apparently played Wasn't for West it? Ham as well. Wasn't um, it? Yeah. But, uh, but but there we are. So I suppose to sort of wrap up. Yeah, as you say, um, Jim, it's been, we'll call it an indifferent season for West Ham. If you're a West Ham fan, are you hoping Moyes stays? And as a crack at the Europa League, what, what, what are your thoughts for next season in West Ham?
4: I don't think there is an indifferent season with this. Um, you know, purely because this is the first trophies since 1980, is it? Um, yeah. True. It cannot is, be an
3: indifferent season. That is You're absolutely, absolutely right. Absolutely
4: <laughs> massive. Just and a European trophy as well, with the you know, the the all the brilliance that comes with that away day and comes with the campaign of it, the sort of the kind of slightly unusual, unfamiliar and exotic air of that. I th- I think this is this becomes um, uh, the best season they've had in in a long, long time. Despite the fact that a lot of it probably wasn't that enjoyable, the absolute explosion of emotion that we witnessed there tonight means this is this is brilliant for them. As for whether they keep David Moyes or not, I think they'll probably be quite split on that. Um, I personally would like to see him. Um, getting another chance but I do also understand that if, if West Ham can get themselves into a position where they can get somebody possibly a little bit more forward thinking they they might go for that although you know they've been burned like that before and then David doesn't always gets... be there won't he so... <laughs> I just I think I think for me maybe it's maybe it's because I'm getting older
3: maybe I'm I don't know Andy but I think to myself if you do something brilliant with a club which is unexpected and it is a bit of a madhouse Sometimes, like we've seen with Spalletti at Napoli, it was very different uh, in in some regards, or in a lot of regards. But I do sort of think, just just leave while you're on amazing terms. Do you know what I mean?
0: I, I do know what you mean. Uh, I think Jim has just said West Ham are massive. So Robbie Savage has got inside his head. <laughs> yeah, which
3: well, they're massive wherever they go. They are. I think, they I think, are. I think. I think, think you'll find um, marvelous. Uh, well, yeah. Just ah, oh, that run of Moyes onto the pitch. Wonderful. Bloody, bloody
0: wonderful. I love that. Um, that's
4: what you've taken away from it.
0: Well, of course, the man. <laughs> what else is Th- there? He's,
4: he's the trophy man now, Jim. He's not the ferry he, man he, <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Well, he. You know, he. He had the. He played his part in the downfall of. Uh, of, of was it Leicester? So he's he's done it all. He's done it all. He's, he's I can't man wait for the, the tattoo. Man.
0: I cannot wait for the tattoo. Oh,
3: is he going to get a tattoo? Is it because because Mourinho got one? Is that the deal with Only for the Conference big dogs? League winning? Only for the big dogs. Yeah, I love that. Mourinho to Moyes in one season. Um, the West Ham way. Right, um, before we go, there were two <laughs> other huge uh, stories in football today. Um, Real Madrid have agreed uh, to sign Jude Bellingham for over 100 million euros from Borussia Dortmund. That's the first one. Andy, your immediate thoughts on that talented teenager from Birmingham?
0: Well, it could end up being a lot more money. It could end up being €135 million. Euros. So um, it's, it's a great deal for Dortmund. It's a great deal for Real Madrid. Scary midfield for the next 10 years if if, if no mm-hmm. one gets injured. Presumably big, big striker next summer uh, for Real Madrid. I think that's the most likely thing. But look, Bellingham will be absolutely fantastic there. And I, th- I think it's a good th- thing for England, like I said. I, for I do him as to, well. For mm. him to play in Spain. And we've seen how much he's got from one different footballing culture and for him to get it for a second, playing play for like arguably the biggest club in the world is fantastic.
3: Gutting that he didn't sign off with a league win but you'd imagine he'll uh, win a few major trophies mm. at Real Madrid. But yeah, like it just I love the fact that there's a young Englishman who's going to be playing in the centre of Real Madrid's midfield. Yeah. For, it, and it could be for, for many years to come, obviously, as you say, with injuries if it goes well, da-da-da-da-da. But like, at 19, Jim, going to Real Madrid it's, normally, you get there, if people get there, it's in your mid 20s or you're the real deal and all that. Kind yeah. of stuff. 19, he is the real deal at 19. This is the frightening thing about him.
4: Absolutely. I mean, even, even players like Wayne Rooney, when they came through with a lot of hype at a young age, didn't make a move like this then. Possibly they could have done. And Bellingham just is a, is the sort of character that's happy to go and challenge himself in a different culture away from the pitch. Um, but yeah, it is really exciting, isn't it, that we could have one of the jewels in the crown of world football pulling the strings for England as well. Absolutely. When you say Rooney, he didn't make a move like that.
3: Um, obviously, he went to Manchester United when he was when he was very, very... But you're referring to when he went abroad. And, of course, he waited for his best years before he went to um, MLS. A bit like Lionel Messi. Uh-huh. There uh-huh. he is. Into Miami. What did I say? He must have had it in his contract. If I'm going there, Phil Neville's not going to be there by
4: the time I get there. Mm. <laughs> just, they've just they just had a moment of clarity, haven't they, into Miami? It's like look, yeah this, we could get Messi this summer and Phil Neville's here. What are we doing? What are we doing? Get rid of him. You don't even need to be nice to him. Just just get him to fuck off. Just get get him out of here. Any yeah, pitch, I, burn every picture of him we've got Messi cannot see what are we doing? I I I mean look.
3: Again, it's all good content for us, baby. But <laughs> but I just I just wanted to see Fizzer manage him once because what Fizzer would have done is Fizzer would have put him on the bench, okay? <laughs> to to kind of acclimatize him, right? Or acclimate him, as Americans would say. And uh and and just see Phil Neville whispering a couple of things in Messi's ear, right, get yourself on there. And it would be a whisper. Can off on that nuisance value for the last 10 minutes, Lionel?
4: Okay. <laughs> um, even, even the picture with the shirt would have been enough for me. Oh, my goodness. Sadly
3: for us, brilliant for him. That's not going to happen. Brilliant for Messi, that is, of course. Mm. But yeah, I'm glad he didn't go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, but I think it's probably not financially viable anymore because Karim Benzema seems to have taken
4: all the money. <laughs> well, him you, and Angelo Cante. Yeah, and on Yeah, it's um, an astonishing amount of uh, amount of money being thrown around. It, may, it makes it dwarfs what Chinese clubs were paying, wasn't it? The, the, those years ago, when when China had a similar attempt at kind of um, turning their domestic league into a into a sort of destination and one of the top leagues in the world. Um, but it's 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 nuts. Obviously, there's a situation where the um, Saudi Public Investment Fund has, has bought huge huge stakes in the four biggest clubs in Saudi Arabia, so they are essentially um, just, just trying to kind of force them into a relevant place on the on the global football map, and it's it's going to be pretty crazy, I think. This is all
3: very interesting, chaps. The big question is, where's Phil Neville going to land? I mean, there are some jobs available that leap to mind. Celtic, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, that'd be one. Al Nasser. Al
4: Leicester yeah. City. I think um, it's, t- it's too hard. It's too hard. <laughs> it's too hard. I said <laughs> this is too hard for you, Phil.
0: There's no running on the beach no, in that's Leicester. What let's be honest.
4: Be. Yeah, it's
3: not. It's not by the. He needs to be by the coast. <laughs> he does. He does.
0: Oh, and Morecambe in a year and a half. <laughs> All right I think
3: we should leave it there everybody thank you very much for listening to uh, Ramble react and um, we will have more of course on uh, Jude Bellingham and Lionel Messi on Friday's preview show I would imagine uh, so don't miss that however before that Andy will be back um, this afternoon for another edition of On the Continent he and Dotton will be joined by Jonathan Johnson to reflect on a week which saw Karen Benzema and Zlatan Ibrahimovic say farewell to their respective clubs in the meantime find us on Twitter TikTok Instagram and YouTube at Football Ramble, and remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Thank you very much, Andy.
0: Thank you. I'm just offering me lunch before OTC. Bit of jelly deals. Oi, oi.
3: <laughs> thank you very much, Jimmy. Uh, you're very welcome. And thank you very much, David Moyes and West Ham United. Up the irons. Oi, oi, Savaloy.